Tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hey there, chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Francesca. And Tristan. And this week we've been playing Escape the Dark Castle and Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. This game we played today was Escape the Dark Castle by Thomas Pike, um, who we actually had on. Tristan interviewed him last week. So if you want to run back and listen to that, you can do. Otherwise, we'll go on to our game splanation. Nice. Yeah. So Tristan, what's Escape the Dark Castle? Can you just quickly run through it for us? Escape the Dark Castle is the game of atmospheric adventure for one to four players aged 14 and up. Takes about 30 minutes to play. Um, it's a very eye-catching game. It's got this really sort of old school throwback um, fighting fantasy, early D&D style, black and white artwork that's um, of very specific style um, and quality. And it's a very fast playing game. It's very simple, easy to play, fun for all the family. And all you do is you you take on the role of um, non-hero prisoners trapped in this dark castle. So the miller, the cook, the tanner. Um, and you escape your prison cell and you have to escape the castle. So you go through 15 different chapters and each one has, you just flip a gigantic card with an adventure on it and it could be anything from an angry drunken guard to vampire bats flying overhead or um, any one of these encounters with a huge illustration on it and a little line of flavor text and then instructions what to do. And pretty much all of them... Required to roll a dice up to yeah. try and beat. So it's a, you just have to match the symbols on the card kind of thing. And it's a little bit more complex than that, but only a very little bit more. Well, it's nice. It's a nice, easy game to learn, isn't it? It's not long between getting the components out of the box and actually getting going. Absolutely. The rule book is about four pages long. Uh, we play it as a family, don't we? And uh, the little one picks it up very quickly. Um, and yeah, and it, and it plays super fast, but it provides like a sort of atmospheric little world for you to explore and there's i can't remember i think there's about 70 cards in the game um but you only ever use 15 each time you play oh, oh there you go 55 yeah. chapter cards and you'll shuffle them all up and get a, a random sort of selection each time you play um and then there's five bosses that you can fight at the end that you've got to beat to get out of the castle and you can play six different characters who all have their own dice with a different set of symbols on nice francesca did you enjoy the game I did, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I was going to ask, actually, because we've only ever played it as a four, but if you play with two players, do you put less cards in? Because otherwise it, it seems it would be incredibly hard to win. Yeah, it's the same number of cards, but you get more hit points the, the fewer players that there are, so you, you share out more hit points. And when you when you fight each card, they have a set of symbols. It might be like a wisdom symbol or a cunning symbol or a might symbol or any combination thereof. And then it's usually a player symbol as well, which is you roll a number of extra dice equal to the number of players, and that's how many more symbols you've got to roll to beat it. So it does scale quite well. Um, And we found it very difficult. The first few times we played, we had like one win out of about six different games, 
tonight we played it three times one four player and two two players and we won every single game so and I think me and Lecky thought we broke it actually after the last <laughs> game we got um, some so, so there's a treasure deck of cards as well which are sort of notoriously awful you um, you know work to overcome these encounters and you get like a rotten apple restore one hit point or a cheesy moldy loaf of bread or a moldy cheese or whatever restore two hit points but we actually found the only good cards in the deck didn't we we had like a a, yeah. a massive sword and uh, a flail or something we maxed out like stupidly quickly you found this uh, 200 great axe and I had um, a club that meant that I could re-roll any sort of might checks and then I had an artifact that meant that I could double up any single dice rolls so it was like automatically getting double hits every time I got a hit Yeah, which is amazing we, and we kind of tanked through the whole thing yeah, <laughs> on, with with plenty of hit points to spare we, on I think we lost about four hit points until we got to the final boss did, and we won when the four of us played didn't we did yes we did yeah yeah quite comfortably maybe yeah, yeah it's nice. I, mean, so I suppose it's one of those games where um, the first few games you're trying to feel out that's the best way to play and how you're actually going to survive but then once you've worked out that puzzle it gets a little bit easier but it all comes down to what you draw in the enemy deck and also in the item deck you can have a really bad time of it if all you're pulling out is the odd apple or um, luck potion yeah uh, sorry go on well, i was just gonna say as well we had a lot of lucky dice rolls didn't we so definitely definitely and and it's and it's absolutely the look of the draw some of the um adventure cards are really powerful monsters that do loads of damage and require loads of hits and some of them are like, oh, you found an item, you know, and, and just move on to the next chapter sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a, in that respect, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. But because of the amount and variety of cards, you hope that that sort of balances out over um, the course of each adventure. Yeah, and it's not overly simplistic as well. It like, still delivers the story beats. So you come up against this horrible monster that you think is going to kill you. But then after that, you might just run into like this black market trader and you can choose <laughs> to trade with him or move on. Sometimes there'll be this horrible trap that might kill you, but you'll get an item. And then the next time there's a pie left in the kitchen, do you want to try and steal it? So, you know, it, it does bring, um, it's, it's got its peaks and its troughs as well, which helps, you know, it keeps you guessing really what's going to come out next. I am. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I do have one question, which is when can I get my felt tips out and colour in all the cards? Because they look, <laughs> it looks exactly like a colouring book and that it's just ready there for you to just colour everything in with some felt tips. You should so, totally do that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is like it's, every single one is completely black, stark black and white, isn't it? With um, Yeah. Yeah, a really, really unusual well, style. It even comes with some pencils. I can see them on the back of the box, but they're just plain ones. They're yeah, not they're coloured. Not coloured. Yeah. <laughs> well, it reminds me of the um, like the old etching style block printing, which must have been back in the day the cheapest way to print games. You know, so like when the fighting fantasy books and stuff were out, and you wanted to illustrate them or yeah. some choose your own adventures. It's like pay a load of money for a guy to like whittle it out of a wooden block, <laughs> but then it's literally a penny per page sprint afterwards but it's um like thomas was saying last week it's a valid art style and they've absolutely owned it um it feel it felt a bit like the way that the cards are written and the way that the artwork's presented um do you remember like the bbc microcomputer games where it was like it was all text-based adventures and occasionally there'd be like a bit of a picture yeah and it'd be like you're walking through a haunted forest you to the left road or the right road yeah and it's it, it was nice it just like it fits the theme perfectly i think yeah the decisions that there are are super simplistic aren't they it's like do you do you want to sneak past the monster or 
fight the monster. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like literally those are your choices. Yeah, and then chuck a few dice at it. Yeah, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. It'll be interesting to see if many people have taken like their crayons to the cards. <laughs> You know what though it's it's something different and it stands out and why not why does everything have to be the same and you know it's some, it's unique even if it's not particularly attractive but I don't think that was the aim ever to make it attractive it's escape the dark castle these are horrible people who live um subterra or whatever so yeah kudos to them it's great it's different and what did you think of the gameplay? Is it easy to pick up? and Really easy. Absolutely love it. Could play it again and again and again. I really liked it. So Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Um, it was just, for us, I suppose, it, we'll see how many times we can play through it yeah. before we really joins in for the Kickstarter expansions to come out. Yeah, it's live on Kickstarter at the moment, I think, still. And they've added three expansions to yeah. it. And I think you definitely need those. If you do play it like, a number of times... You, you do start to see. I mean, there's quite a lot of variety in it, like say 53 chapter cards, but once the same ones start coming up, you, the temptation then is to sort of skip over the flavor text and just, yeah. you know, what what's happening to me here? What am I rolling at sort of thing? And that's when perhaps you'd lose the atmosphere a little bit. So um, certainly expansions will help and it doesn't outstay its welcome. We rattled through three games tonight in no time, didn't yeah. we? So like 20 minutes, if that sort of. Well, that was it. The game doesn't really slow down, does it? You either die or you get to the end. <laughs> or don't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, um, our little one is eight and plays it quite happily. He's not really phased by any of the cards, but would you say it was suitable for kids that age in general or is ours particularly immune to... Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. It does say 14 plus on the box and some of them, there's like... Uh, people being sacrificed there's torturers um and you know if if the art was more graphic then uh, i mean more sort of accurate <laughs> that's the way to phrase this more accurately portraying what was happening then it could be quite disturbing i think but because yeah it's quite cartoony i think that sort of um reduces the the blow of that but yeah i think if if parents were to look at this they probably want to judge for themselves whether or not they think their kid could handle it because there's ghouls and you know, rotting flesh and people with um, injuries and stuff. Yeah. But from my point of view, it's exactly the stuff I read when I was seven years old. So uh, I kind of lap it up and I think he does as well. Fight <laughs> 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 fantasy books. They were all full of this stuff. The so. thing, the colouring book. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. Um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's probably a question you have to ask yourself. Like what, what can your child handle and... Um, I certainly don't think it needs to be 14 plus, like any 10-year-old could grok this in a heartbeat. Um, but going early, that's probably just, there's a safety level where to get below a certain age, you have to sort of apply uh, like a legal process to it to decide that, you know, kids aren't going to choke on the components. I, I, from a play point of view, and rules point of view, it's definitely for kids. From a theme point of view, maybe it's a little bit darker. Um, sort of parental guidance, isn't yeah. it? Really? Have a good look at it and then decide. But young kids lap this kind of stuff up there. They love scary stories and things like that. I don't think it's going to keep ours awake at night or anything. It's no scarier than an episode of Doctor Who. Well, it's a lot of heart and soul in the game. I remember yeah. the Kickstarter campaign has to, it's got that video, hasn't it? It's like based on like the 80s style like toy adverts. And it sort of reminds me of a was it the nightmare um, VHS games that you could play, and it's like this, like teenagers moving through this dark yeah. castle. Yeah. It's really cool. 
Does that remember Nightmare? It was on after school. Yeah, the TV show, definitely, yeah. yeah. And it had um, it had the guy talking them all through it and they had to wear the helmet and they couldn't see where yeah. they were going. And shoddy CGI graphics <laughs> of it. I was glad to go on that show. We, <laughs> yeah, we filled in the forms when, when I was 10, I think. One of the girls in our class found out how to actually apply to go on Nightmare. And uh, we got a group of us together and we were all talking about how we were going to be when we were on the show. And uh, we said, whoever's going to be the kid in the helmet has to put their arms out and crouch and look interesting because you always got this gormless looking kid just stood there looking like the letter L with uh, like no mobility and uh, I'm in a room, what do I do now? Uh, but yeah. No. Brilliant. If any um, chitheads out there were on Nightmare, then um, by gormless we mean suave. <laughs> cool as a cucumber. Yeah. The second game we've been playing this evening was Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. So we played through an entire case, the case of the Tin Soldier. Um, Consulting Detective is by, well, released by Istara Games. Uh, it's had a few different print runs, and it's uh, basically you're playing one of the Baker Street Irregulars, and you've been kind of drafted by Holmes and Watson to help them out with a case, even though they're going to go and do the case themselves anyway. I've never understood the logic behind that but you're allowed to run around london you've got a directory a map and some newspapers and you're going to try and find leads and solve the case by interviewing people trying to work out if there's any red herrings in the newspapers or if there's any real legitimate clues in there stumbling across cab drivers and generally just being a nuisance until Sherlock calls you home to tell you what actually went down. So um, <laughs> and how badly you did. Yeah, I've played this game a few times before, but it was your first venture into it this evening. And how did you guys get on? Um, well, I'm biased because anything Sherlock Holmes, anything Sherlock Holmes, and I instantly love it. I love Robert Downey Jr., Basil Rathbone, Jeremy Irons. Not Jeremy, Jeremy Brett. Jeremy Brett. <laughs> uh, Benedict, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant, really engaging. I thought time flew. Um, I think it's really well done. Lo- love all the clues. Love the way it's um, quite authentic with old newspapers and articles and letters. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> I love the group think on this as well. Yeah. About, like, you think you're pursuing one clue. Like I'm like, oh, I've got these newspaper headlines are interesting. and But I can also lean on you guys to have been paying more attention to one specific article or the introduction yeah. or whatever. And, and we'll all pool ideas. And at any given point, I was totally happy to sort of go, what the heck do you guys think? Because I'm, you know, I'm lost here sort of thing. Yeah. And I really love how the game goes. Here's the story, over to you. And it just gives you all the components and you have to run with it. You can go wherever you want. You can do whatever you like. The only problem is um, the longer you take to solve it, the less points you're going to get at the end. That was it, yeah. So we did quite well, in my opinion, anyway. So, um, But not in Sherlock Holmes's. <laughs> yeah, so for the Tin Soldier, without giving any spoilers away, there's 100 points um, that can be gained by doing this after-school quiz when you finish the case. And that, so Sherlock um, calculates that he's done it in 100 points, and we scored 100 points but Sherlock did it in much less leads than we did. So we lost a few then. So we ended up with about 50 points, um, which I thought was pretty good. I think the last time I played it, I think I got about 15 points by the end of the game. (laughs) So yeah, it felt like we did quite well there. Um, The game can, 
depending on which way you look at it, it can be a little bit of a grind. It can take a while. It's a significant time investment was probably the best way to say it. There's a lot so, of reading to do. There's a lot of reading. And it probably took us about, what do you think, about three hours to complete the case? Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even notice. Yeah. See, time flew on. Um, we got to one point once we'd um, gone through a few leads where the trail just went cold and we had to kind of go through our notes and try and work out which of these haven't we kind of investigated thoroughly or what can we get out the back of it. And um, Francesca mentioned looking into this one character that we kind of just overlooked. So we went back and then that's how we kind of nailed the case. case. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was interesting how we can do that. And I think um, when I played a previous case, once we got to that point in the game, everyone kind of wanted to give up a little bit. And it was nice just to have the game turn around so quickly just by finding a significant clue. That wasn't an accident, by the way. I, I knew what I was doing, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't imply that I just <laughs> randomly selected a name and it was just luck of the draw. I had a calculated process where I worked it out ages before you guys. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to insinuate that. Um the, the listeners know. We all know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just super fun. So it was, again, I'm just trying not to give away any spoilers so I can't really elaborate. How would you um, differentiate this or what would you say the main differences were between this and one of those murder mystery... You know, we did that murder mystery night where we had dinner and we had um, the case of the silver bullet or whatever it was. And apart from the fact that we didn't all arrive tonight dressed up as our favourite yeah. characters and you didn't come in and... Mariachi outfit, and I wasn't matador. A, a matador, sorry, and I wasn't, you know, a Victorian lady, and Tristan wasn't wearing his like regulatory cravat that he wears to every <laughs> fancy dress party. How would you, how would you say that they differ? You know, because you could almost do this over dinner, couldn't you, and do the same thing? Apart from the fact that you don't play out the roles, I think you've got to be more invested in this. Like with the dinner party ones, you you have. Um, they even stage it, don't they? So you have a meal or, or yeah. you, you have an intro round and you read a script and you all take turns to read the script and you go through it very methodically. And then at the end of it, you've all got the same information. Everybody who plays the game, like if, if a different dinner party then played that same murder mystery, they all have the same information. So yeah. you can all, you all have the same information and then you all make a random guess as to who you think did it. The difference with Sherlock Holmes Consulting... <laughs> we all had yeah. No, absolutely different. So the difference with Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is that you have access to the same information, but it's how much time you spend with it. So you could do what, like you said, yeah. and just read every single entry and get no points at the end because you've gone through the entire thing. And then you have to work out which are the red herrings. And then you have to find out, you know, how well you did based on which yeah. paragraphs you decided were the most important. Um, but you've got the time thing here where um, the less entries you choose and less leads you follow up, uh, the quicker you can do it, the more points you score. Um, so it's very much structured in rewarding you on how well you've done. Whereas yeah. at the murder mystery part is just guess guess who kind of thing. So I think, yeah. Yeah, I suppose the time limit on the murder mystery party would be like, because you're, kind of, you're socialising, you're eating, you, you get drip fed these small clues that... The, the version we played anyway, it was like an envelope being opened, wasn't it? Almost. Yeah. And we sat down and watched a new part of the DVD. Um, and I really enjoyed that experience. But with Sherlock Holmes Consulted Detective, it's all just ready to co- go. So we can kind of intensely pour over the information if you want to, or take a bit of a backseat and read the newspaper instead, and then come back into it. And it's just, you know, 
Um, you the can difference is you have like 50 out. envelopes to read and you have to choose which ones to read. Sort yeah, of thing. exactly. But if you wanted to, you could totally just rip the case apart and turn it into a murder mystery evening for you and your mates. <laughs> Information's there, the game's there. You just have to unfortunately kind of go, maybe go through it yourself on your own or, you know, play the game and then invite other friends in to play it again but it's murder mystery and you just you're negating the logistics i mean um this playing it this way you didn't have to cook dinner for like six different people <laughs> no i felt bereft <laughs> i've got the barbecue on and everything but, uh, no. i missed not being able to cook 90 chicken wings out in the pouring rain whilst you look <laughs> <lot> were inside <laughs> getting drunk <laughs> No, I still manage that. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Do nice. you think it's ever possible to beat Sherlock? Um, there must Great be players. Yeah, there must be players that have done it, and I think this is one of those games where because the time limit is only set by yourself, when you think you've completed the case or when you think that you've just had enough, then you can go onto the quiz and kind of you know go through the final game scenarios. Um, but if you wanted to, you could sit there for two hours with the introductory paragraph. And then just rinse it for as many clues and try and optimize it and think, right, this is how I'm going to go about it. And maybe yeah. you can, you'll do that. Um, what's great about the game is that Sherlock will always, like a homing missile, go straight to the objective. So he'll do a really good job with that. And if you get caught up with some of the red herrings and side quests, sometimes those come into play in the quiz. So the quiz is broken into two parts. The first one directly about the case you've been put on, but the second part usually about the minor characters and the extra case that you've kind of um, uncovered along the way. So if you can nail those and keep the amount of leads down to a minimum or close to it, you could probably score quite a bit over Sherlock's score. You just, it's chasing those leads down. That's the problem really, because sometimes they'll turn up to someone's house and they'll tell you nothing and that's it. That's five points deducted at the end of the game because you've gone over Sherlock's. Yeah, there's nothing more disappointing than getting to read a paragraph out and finding out it's one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know you're onto a winner if there's like two pages of text to read out when you've gone to the morgue or the like police officer's house or whatever. Definitely. What was it? The uh, the pathologist just didn't have time for us and just <laughs> said, <laughs> "Come back another day." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Oh, totally. Oh, oh well, 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 well. He didn't mean pathologist. He meant <laughs> biologist. And how replayability? So, how many? mysteries are in that one box 10 there's 10 whole mysteries in the box um although um board game geek it's uh i think case number four or five is completely broken there's a language error there's language errors in the case that we played but the problem was it was just spelling mistake or typo with one of the cases um they've completely miswritten one of the clues and it just throws you off in a complete wrong tangent you really need to find out what that case is before we play it like yeah yeah i think <laughs> it's four or five but it's it's out there people are aware of it um and if you're not aware of it um just do a quick bit of research because it, apparently it's really infuriating i'm gonna fix and put it up online you know if you want to play that you can here's the fix we made an error but you can download this fix for free no. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's modified it. Um, that's a really good question. I'm going to look right into it. Um, that'd be good to know if they have. And if they haven't, oh man, why not? Why hasn't anybody? But there is, um, if 10 cases or 9 cases, depending if you're going to kind of like power through that case, if you can beat it. Well, either that or give everybody a 
a refund of the tenth of the purchase price. <laughs> Maybe and easy to manage. <laughs> I shall send the letter post haste. <laughs> <laughs> a telegram will be going out in the morning. Um, but there's there's a, a voucher for 10% off the next one. <laughs> nice. There's a, there's another version of the game with 10 extra cases out as well. There's a couple of versions, I think. There's a couple yeah. of versions. There's like Sherlock Holmes London and Sherlock Holmes yeah. somewhere else. So I'm not sure as to the quality of the games based against this one because although there's some spelling errors and typos, um, and at one point, we convinced ourselves that one of the newspapers was wrong. Um, you did. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> I convinced I me. Um, then even the, the actual quality of the writing is still quite strong. And the quality of the mystery is really strong. Yes. Like, I couldn't have guessed what would have happened. Yeah, really have to do the legwork in order to work it out. Um, and I, that's just brilliant for me. It's a really good game. I really enjoy it. I bought it because I could play it at home and bring friends into it. But it's also turned out it's a real good game to solo. So you can just sit there and, you know, you're a bit sad maybe, but just sit there on a rainy day and just work through it methodically. Yeah, come back exercise to it. your lateral thinking. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a really good puzzle. It's a puzzle in a box, really. How do you um, think it compares to Mythos Tales, which we also played? They're essentially the same game, except Mythos Tales um, is probably a little bit broader. Um, I think they've taken the game, looked at maybe what was wrong with it, and just improved on it slightly. Um, in Mythos, you can go insane, can't you? You can also get killed. So it's just a nice level of drama knowing that if you make the wrong guess and you follow up the wrong lead, potentially you're going to end up on a cultist sacrificial table and that'll end your case straight away. That sounds like um, HP Lovecraft. Is it HP source? <laughs> HP Lovecraft, love letter, Lovecraft letter, that game. That's what it's based on. But that's the same, you go insane, don't you? You can just get knocked out. Yeah. All, all the Lovecraft games are based on, like anything based on mythos. Yeah, mythos so, so myth- insanity and mythos, mythos Tales is essentially Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, except you're hunting down cultists and the great old ones. Living in H.P. Lovecraft's world. Yeah, so it's, it's running around Arkham, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's Instead a, of London. Yeah, it's a really good game. Um, I don't know if we've covered Mythos in the podcast, but... Yeah, definitely. I had one gripe with Sherlock, and at the end, without giving away any spoilers, at the end, <clears throat> it asks you the questions of who do you think did what and everything. So, and like you said before first set of questions are about the main story and the second set of questions are about the um, peripheral people. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, I didn't get resolution because it told us that somebody had done something and it gave us a name of, a, of the perpetrator, but it didn't explain why. So how do we find out? You know, that mystery we person. Have to, we have to play better. <laughs> I know, but it, it should tell you at the end because it tell, it should give you you missed this and this is the person who did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you obviously missed it, which we did on the second part, didn't we? We completely missed who. We, we, I said, who's that? I don't want to give away any spoilers, yeah. but who's X? And you were like, I don't know. And you said, I don't know. <laughs> so, so who is X? I won't sleep tonight now. Can you replay that scenario? Because you know who the murderers are now. So what would be the point in you replaying it? Exactly. There wouldn't be too much point to it, I suppose. But apart from working out who did the extra bits that we didn't quite investigate. You want, you want closure, suppose, Yeah, the closure, feel... the, the closing paragraphs would have to be a lot longer, wouldn't they, to sort of explain everything. 
Yeah. But I think, like like he says, it's probably a reason to go back and play it again is to discover all those bits you missed and yeah. maybe go... We've already played it for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll play it so much quicker knowing already who the murderer is. Yeah, you can jump straight to those two paragraphs and then yeah. try and discover the side story. That, but that's it, because um, I think it's just helping you feel invested in the route that you're taking when you get the obvious really wrong route. Because we, we got to the point when we knew for a fact that we'd, we shouldn't have really been following that trail. Yeah, and then maybe with the next case, you know, once you once you're solving, like we were solving, or yeah, thought we were solving certain elements that weren't directly related to the case. In the next um, story, you could actually be incentivized to follow up on those leads because they might actually get you points in the secondary yeah. scoring round. Yeah, you just have to try and be efficient with it, don't you? I mean, if you're coming across clues and you don't get half a page worth of text, you you sometimes think, oh, I've made a mistake. Yeah. Just have to detect better. That's it. Better detection all around. Um, so, would you guys be up for doing another case then in the future? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I really enjoyed it. I did. So, yes, from me. <laughs> and it's a yes from me too. Excellent. Uh, a yes from me also. Um, there's all sorts of similar games out there in the universe. Um, Sherlock Holmes based and not Sherlock Holmes based, and as sort of story driven puzzle adventures go i think i think it's a great way to while away a bit of time and it's so much different as well from some of the other um games that we've played like co-op or competitively you can't we played this game co-op so we're all just pooling our resources and sharing information each turn each one of us took a, um, a turn in reading out the clues but more importantly choosing where we're going to go next so they had right of veto so we couldn't argue over if it was a waste of time to go to the like hospital or not. Um, you can play it competitively as teams or individually. So if you played it competitively, then Tristan, you choose where to go. And then you could say, right, I think I've solved it. I'm going to stop investigating now. Ooh, I'd like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it becomes more of a weird race around London where we're all kind of chasing following each other, but also trying to sneak off. But also, being followed. if we'd have done it competitively, I would have won. You probably would have, <laughs> except you would have dragged us along to one of the locations with you and we would have got the same information. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird one, um, but you can do it as teams as well. So like one team will be a lead detective, then the next team will be the next time. And then again, you can choose to drop off when you want to. So it's it just brings different elements of gameplay in. Competitively next time, plus we all have to dress up and plus we're going to cook some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. The case of the missing chicken. <laughs> it would be interesting to see, actually, um, if comp- playing competitively does bring a, a bit more nuance to it. Are you going to try and like throw other people off? Everybody be scribbling notes. We had about 10 pages of notes at the we end did. of that tonight. I quite like that as well. Most of them useless. Because <laughs> yeah. like, we act upon some of the leads almost immediately and then they burn out. And then, there's well, most of the information is just notes we've taken of places that we went to immediately afterwards. You could mess with each other psychologically as well and start scribbling copious notes over the like most obvious <laughs> red herrings. You get those people, don't you, though? You always had those people at school or at uni who write everything down. Even when the lecturer says, good morning, they write that down. So <laughs> you could have that, couldn't you? Or you could have the person who really worries everybody and doesn't take any notes <laughs> at all. <laughs> and start snoring. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, there you have it then, um, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. If You know, better than actual detecting, I'd imagine. Yeah, lovely game and really glad you brought it around finally. And uh, 
Yeah, no, it's great. I really enjoyed uh, Mythos Tales as well. And I think this is, yeah, it's well, it's, it's the one that Mythos Tales was based on. So it's got the... Yeah, it's nice. It's a it's a definite classic, but I think for good reason. Right, yeah. is this, um, was this a Kickstarter or is this a straight to retail game or what? How? Straight to retail, proper. Straight to retail, old, old school. school. So this is... publishing. And who's done it? Um, it's, Istari. Yeah, it's published by a company called Istari. Um, it was first published back in the 80s and it's a French game originally, but then translated into English, which accounts for the broken case of the don't know quite which one it is. Um, if anyone does, please do comment on the podcast um, or let us know in the Board Chitless Facebook group. I was looking at Board Game Geek about who published it and it's been for about 15 different publishers based on which country it's gone to. So it must be all the different translations that they've done. But it's been a really popular game. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there Good we game. Are. Bring it back. Let's do another case. Shall do. See you next time for more games. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Bye.